itchy nose, runny eyes, post-nasal drip. Sounds like you've got hay fever. Me too. That's not the only fever running wild, though. How about EFL fever? Symptoms include unbridled joy, absolute despair, and a headache from working out all those permutations. Never fear, we're back to give you that boost to get you over the finish line. Like a squirt of antihistamine up the schnoz, it'll all become clear very soon. This is the Totally Football League Show. I'm Matt Davis-Adams, and whilst I ain't no abacus, you can count on me to help steer you on the journey through Permutation City, a.k.a. the EFL after the Easter Bonanza. Alongside me are two of the hardest-working men in the wide world of football. First up, it's Stanley Skeptic, tactics blogger and broadcaster extraordinaire Adrian Clark. <laughs> I'll take that. I have got a bit of hay fever, so hopefully today's show will, will be just the pick-me-up I need. Yeah, well, we've uh, chosen you. Joining Adrian, the EFL's answer to Jermaine Genus. If you're watching or listening to a broadcast about the Football League, he'll be on it. Good morning, Sam Parkin. No Gucci cardigan in sight. No, plain T-shirt today. Is that because we're not being filmed? That's because Jermaine Genus had a particularly rascal one on on Sunday evening. Mm, stones, glass houses, people stuff. <laughs> uh, no Joe Crilly, he's doing League One stuff, which means posh odds are back. But first, to the Championship. You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. Where it is all starting to unravel for Leeds. They've lost twice over Easter while Sheffield United won both their games. Meanwhile, Norwich are taking baby steps to promotion, four draws in a row for them. Elsewhere, it's a perfect 10 for Villa. Derby leave it late. Borough and Bristol City both lose. And at the bottom, we've waved goodbye to Bolton from the Championship since we last spoke, with Rotherham in most danger of joining them. But we start with the promotion chases. We're going to work our way top down. Pro tip. Stoke 2, Norwich 2. This came after a late, 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 late equaliser on Good Friday against Sheffield Wednesday in the 97th minute of five minutes of added time. Uh, Sam, are they, are they beginning to falter a bit or is that a bit harsh considering they've come from behind in, in three of these four draws? Is it just what happens at this time of year? Yeah, it's not ideal, but I think Stoke City need to be given a bit of credit and Nathan Jones speaking after the game about a third of that squad that are going to go by the, the wayside. So it's kind of who's coming with me for next season. And um, Tom Edwards, I think we both felt probably because of the, I know they're playing a different system now, but the type of player he is, a, a fullback who bombs on, could be important for Nathan Jones. So it's the type of performance that you're likely to get from a team fighting for contracts and their futures. But yeah, and Norwich probably defensively just a little bit slack at the moment. That's seven goals they've conceded in the last four games, but... I mean, offensively with uh, Buendia back, they're going to be absolutely fine. They are going to be in the Premier League. Yeah, so they need just uh, one point to be a Premier League concern again, given their superior goal difference to Leeds. Uh, we we think they'll get there, Clarkie. And Daniel Fark keen to point out afterwards that it, not so much four games without a win, but 12 games unbeaten, which is an important <laughs> point to make. Yeah, glass half full kind of guy, isn't he, Daniel Fark? I, I do like him. I, whenever he's interviewed, he, he does make me chuckle. He's just speaking faster and faster the closer he gets to the finish line. Um, Mario Vrancic, I don't think we've probably spoken about him enough. He's been brilliant of late since coming well he's not even back in the side he's been just coming off the bench hasn't he I looked at his stats 12 starts 12 he's got he scored eight goals he's got six assists he's a genuine super sub but I think he's a he's a guy that that is probably worthy of more starts I just thought his, his crossing for Pookie's header was just delicious he's got a gorgeous left foot hasn't he so no Norwich uh, yeah they're stumbling over the line set pieces they're, they're not very good at defending them they haven't been all season have they I think only three or four teams have, have conceded more from set pieces than Norwich so that's something to work on ahead of next season but, but no they're going to make it because that swing it isn't going to happen not with Leeds in the form that they're in so 
Canaries fans can can start celebrating, I think. Daniel Farkas saying, it's not like I can press a button and the Premier League is coming easy. Uh, if anyone does know where this button is, please let Martin O'Neill know. Uh, next, we'll go to whole nil Sheffield United 3, the Nigel Adkins derby. Six points from six for the Blades over the Easter period to go three points clear of Leeds into second place. Three goals in the first half here. Some good finishing mixed with some non-existent marking. It's just been the ideal Easter for them, essentially, wasn't it? They struggled a bit against Forest till Forest went down to 10, then a comfortable win. In and three points pretty easily acquired here. Yeah, look, 5 0 on aggregate over Easter, it's it's job done, isn't it, for, for them? I do think they were lucky in that game against Forrest with the red card. I, I, I thought that was that was harsh on uh, Ben Luan with cover around. But no, the, the wing backs come to the fore again, haven't they, in the last few days? Ender Stevens, terrific contributions as well. Bulldog had a good game, by all accounts, at, at Hull City. So, so no, on they go. And what, what impressed me most about Sheffield United is their non-nervousness, really. I I think they had a little bit of cautiousness about them in the run-up to Easter. But this was crunch time. This was the the business end. And they just attack the games with, with the confidence of a side that knows exactly what they're doing. There was no hint of nerves. And and I think Chris Wilder and his coaching staff deserve a lot of credit for that. Because without knowing exactly what they've done... It's an important part of management to relax players ahead of big games like that. And it looks to me as if he's done very well at that. Sam, here's a tough question that I've just thought of that you've had no preparation (laughs) for. Who's the manager of the season out of Daniel Farker and Chris Wilder? Um, Because they they both sort of had no expectation or little expectation of promotion at the start of the season and, and seem to have done quite similar jobs with relatively modest squads would it be fair I've been to thinking say? about it for 20 seconds and I can't give you an answer <laughs> I was uh, feeling nicely for yeah, you yeah. Daniel Farker I'm going to go for Daniel Farker just the, the improvement for, from last season I think and when the, the knives were out I think Chris Wilder had the, the support of, of everyone what I will say is what a free signing David McAldrick has, has proven to be 15 goals and four assists. And I saw a supporter say that a packet of Space Raiders was more expensive, <laughs> which is not necessarily true. It's a nice line, though. When you put it? the wages into it. But I mean, he was phenomenal. What a goal uh, yesterday. And yeah, I think it's just that strength up top. I know we're going to come on to, to Leeds, but uh, you know, there's goals in Sheffield United. Whoever he pairs up front, McGoldrick and Hogan uh, yesterday, and obviously, you know, doing the business. While we're talking managers, we ought to give a tip of the hat to Nigel Adkins. Uh, love his post-match quote here. They've gone and won the game. Yep. <laughs> Very good. Succinct. He also said, I've had a brief dialogue with the owner. We're going to sit down and talk about a new contract uh, later this week. They're, they're limping over the line a little bit, Adrian, but they were tipped for relegation and they're miles away from that. And, and yeah. we've said before, you know, he's a bit of a Brentian figure, but he, he deserves <laughs> some credit for what he's done. Oh, that, I like that Brentian. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Uh, but he's done really well this season, I have to say, because... I feared that they would be definitely in and amongst the relegation battles and they're, and they're nowhere near it. They're closer to the other end, aren't they? Yeah, the, it definitely looked like a performance in the first half where the players weren't really bothered. They, they were definitely partly on the beach. What they need to do is re-engage the, the city of Hull, don't they, with, with, the, with the club? Because it must be quite depressing for him and the players to walk out inside that, that nice stadium, see so many empty seats. It's... They've got a good team. The basis of, of a side that can probably challenge for the playoffs next year, they just need a bit more support. I th- I, hopefully they will get this change of ownership and and get an owner in that can bring the fans back into that ground. Another Yorkshire team uh, near the top of the table, not as close as they'd like to be anymore though. Leeds United, what a dreadful Easter for them. Beaten by Wigan at home despite playing against 10 men for the majority. And then a 2-0 defeat at Brentford. 
What's happened, Sam? Is it is it just the the, the self fulfilling prophecy of, of the Bielsa burnout as it gets towards the, the latter stage of the season? Is there something else you've spotted that, that well, might be the reason? Well, there's not great uh, depth to, to the squad, but I think it's a lot of the the players that have been very consistent at the top of their game are not performing anymore. Click. Bamford, obviously, Roof, Clark, since he's had his health scare. So, yeah, the wheels have really fallen off. I think everyone was surprised that Calvin Phillips wasn't picked yesterday for sure coming into the midfield. I don't think he did too badly, but Calvin Phillips, arguably um, their standout player this season, you know, for a game away at Brentford where we know you need to plug those gaps and stop the Brentford players getting in the pockets. It seemed like a strange decision, but if ever two goals completely demonstrated what Brentford were about that was that yesterday you know beautifully picked apart Leeds but defensively especially for the first from a throw-in incredible how disjointed Leeds were defensively yeah I'll tell you what I've picked out from watching these two matches over over Easter the Wigan defeat and and then Brentford is Pontus Janssen goodness me he had well he he looked like he'd had too many Easter eggs ahead of Good Friday because (laughs) he was awful he got wrong side of I think Massey for the for the key goal against Wigan and was generally wobbly and I think he's partly to blame for both goals. The first one, for sure. It's a weird one. I've watched it back a few <laughs> times, and you think, how on earth are they scored from a throw? Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. He, he was completely out of position. He, he sort of, yeah, he left left that huge hole in behind him. And for the second one, obviously, he got nutmegged in the in the build up quite embarrassingly by Ollie Watkins. He just looks like a player that's probably had a few too many games this season. He, yeah, he's, he's not with it. And if he's not with it, it appears that Leeds uh, have got too many cracks. You're right, though. I mean, the key men have just faded, haven't they? You know, Hernandez obviously had a bad Easter as well. Quiet, missed a penalty against Wigan. Yeah, I think they've gone. Certainly looks as though playoffs uh, is going to be for them. As for Brentford, it's one of those uh, for supporters. Um, my lot had one of these at the weekend as well. We think, hey, everything's going to go great next season. Look, look what this team can do. But with Brentford, as ever, it's about holding on to your best players. I suppose there'll be suitors yeah. calling in the summer. Oh yeah, of course. You, if you're a director of football at a Premier League club, mid-table in the in the bottom half, you're taking Mopai tomorrow. I would suggest. Ollie Watkins' stock's probably not as high as it was last season. He's not been as consistent, but still, he's probably, what, in the region of eight, ten million pound player now. Uh, Sawyers could probably go again. Had a bit of an indifferent start to his Brentford career, but he's a he's a fan's favourite again now. I'd watch that one to, to Aston Villa because of the Dean Smith link. But yeah, it's a what if really for Brentford. Brilliant again yesterday and... That was that's 50 years since Leeds' last victory at Brentford. I'm not entirely sure how many times they've played, but it's the 70s since they won that. Really? Yeah. Just a word on Thomas Franks here. I mean, it's glorious, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I think that's the best best set of curtains I've seen for a long time I know, in the manager and we came for him a little bit when he was desperate for those <laughs> three points he had two big games didn't he which yeah. he needed to win yeah. and he won one of them yeah. saved his job but when I interviewed him not so long ago yeah. probably the nicest geezer I've interviewed this season yeah. he was a delight quite easy after a Freena went over QPR so he obviously granted. doesn't listen to this pod then <laughs> <laughs> and he lives in Barnes by all accounts so you know what I mean perhaps he could meet one of our a, own. a croissant and a, a, and a latte You mentioned Villa briefly there. They beat Millwall 1-0 on Monday after relegating Bolton on Friday. Ten wins in a row. They've broken a club record that stood since 1910. I'm wondering if there's a team playing with as much confidence in, I don't know, England, Europe, the world at the moment as Aston Villa. They just look utterly unstoppable. They do a bit, don't they? They're just really solid. They're not giving up many chances. 
and they're being clinical without being sensational. They're just being really professional, aren't they? Again, it was the Grealish uh, Tammy Abraham combo at Bolton, wasn't it? No Abraham this this time around against Millwall and upsteps uh, Codger. Uh, good goal that was at the near stick. I thought I thought it was nicely nicely worked. So no, but at Villa are the are the team you don't want to face in the playoffs. I I think West Bromwich Albion probably feeling a little bit nervous here because it, it seems now on they'll play they'll play Villa, and that's not that's not a fixture that. That I would fancy them to win over two legs. So, um, so yeah, ten out of ten, fantastic. Ten out of ten, literally, Sam. Is there a danger? Maybe they've gone a little bit too early with this ludicrous form. I mean, if it had come a month earlier, they'd be looking at top two. But can you win fifteen games in a row or whatever it's going to be if they get promoted? It's a, it's a big ass to, to keep doing it week yeah. after week. Yeah, you didn't imagine they fought. Or maybe if they lose one of these next two games, that would get it out of the system. It's a bit of a concern about John McGinn. We didn't speak about it last week. He's <laughs> To... You used to play with him, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samirin, Scotland, SPL. Um, did I tell you about the time when he dominated Wanyama and Scott Brown? For another time. Two bookings away from 15, which would give him a three-match suspension. So, obviously, he's got through, I think, the last two games, obviously, over Easter without doing it. So, that would be interesting to see if they potentially leave him out. But I wanted to highlight that Dave Martin's um, goalkeeping performance yesterday for Millwall because it could have been four or five again and that's the second time in I think consecutive home games because Bristol City had O'Leary if you remember who was unbelievable at Villa Park as well so yeah it could have been even more handsome those two victories. Jack Grealish uh, tweeting out after the win for his team against Millwall a delight to captain this team to 10 wins in a row heart eyes emoji football emoji heart emoji well done boys great effort once again and always nice to see a packed Villa Park Villa face Leeds and Norwich next uh, quite tough to, to get 12 wins from 12 given that mm. Those are their opponents. If we go on to Derby to QPR nil, just the 11 minutes of stoppage time here for Harry Wilson to score twice and win it. At Sam, you were there. Harsh on QPR, was it? Yes, QPR were the better team for 45 minutes, but uh, with all their good counter-attacking, I never really believed they were going to score. You know, the top end of the pitch, I think Hemid, Wells and, uh, and Smith, who came on late on, yeah, there's not a great deal of belief, I don't think, and confidence amongst those strikers. But no, they, they got after Derby press very high, two strikers from the off, and it, it stopped Derby being able to get the ball into into Mount. Pretty redundant in, in the first half. Johnson couldn't get on the ball, and when he did, he was dispossessed by Freeman, was the main one kind of setting the traps for, for QPR. So they were really impressive. They looked like John Eustace had really fired them up, and it was actually an injury to Bryson, which meant that Harry Wilson came deeper, uh, for Derby and they had a little bit more joy. Mason Bennett came on as well and they had the opportunity to be a bit more direct towards the end of the game and I don't know if you've seen the incident but Luke Freeman clearly gets a, a foot on the ball. It's a bit of an innocuous challenge. I can see why the referee gave it because his position wasn't the best but it was a bit of a soft penalty and they got out of jail really, uh, Derby. The second one's brilliant because QPR are attacking. The ball breaks to Joe Lumley. He must hear a whistle in the crowd. You couldn't see it on the highlights and he boots it into outer space and uh, when it comes down, there's basically three Derby players that have got the freedom of the QPR half. So, yeah, that was uh, just a bit of a freak but it was fortunate but a massive result for them. Yeah, I think they were pretty lucky over Easter in general at Birmingham. The defending from the corners was was horrendous, like really bad. It was it was worse than Arsenal against Palace on Sunday, which which was up there with with one of the worst I've seen in a while. So and they also got lucky with I think Lee Camp had a, had a stinker for his positioning for the Waghorn goal in that game. So no, it's been, it's been a fortunate few days for for Derby, and they might be 
the lucky recipients of facing a, an absolutely knackered Leeds team in the, in the playoffs. Even though I don't really think they'll be brilliant, every time I've seen them in the flesh, they've been really average. Wouldn't put it past them if they, if they were to get that tie against Leeds to, to nick it. We'll go through their remaining games in a second because there's some uh, some doozies in there. And no time for two-time European champions, Nottingham Forest, because they're, they're out of it now. They are, though, trying to bring Middlesbrough down with them, uh, beating them 3-0 at the City Ground yesterday. Joao Carvalho, more like Wow Carvalho. <laughs> but as I say, no time for the two-time European champions today. So playoff-wise, Leeds most likely to be in third by the looks of things. West Brom and Villa definitely in. Derby are sixth, ahead of Borough on goal difference, but with a game in hand. Bristol City a point behind with Wednesday, four back with two to play and very much outside as Derby Bristol City away next then Swansea away then West Brom at home so really tough running for them Middlesbrough Reading at home Rotherham away Adrian that that's six points isn't it because Reading pretty much there and Rotherham pretty much gone if, if you're serious about getting into the playoffs you need to be winning those yeah you do I, I'm just no fan of this Middlesbrough team I, I've just I've, I've pretty much slated them the whole season I'm not going to change now they were, they were two-time European champions Forest, but you know wiped the floor <laughs> with them didn't they in in the last game so no they might steal it I, I still don't think they will if they get into the uh, playoffs they, they've got no chance of going up they, they're not good enough yeah uh, Bristol City Sam they've got Derby at home Millwall away Hull away so, so two toughies and then maybe one they'd fancy away at Hull where, where do you see them after recent weeks very up and down well they always are aren't they Bristol City I think uh, missing a bit of a cutting edge at times I don't see a great deal of goals in the team. And I think they had chances again yesterday, but the improvement for, for Sheffield Wednesday has just been been incredible, all a little bit too late for them. But I think it pretty much comes down to next Saturday, Bristol City against Derby at Ashton Gate. I expect that to be full of goals. Do you know what, though? Yeah, I... I to contradict myself. Yeah, thinking about this fixture, I mean, I find it hard to fancy Derby. Even I've just said that they, if they get into the playoffs, they, they've got a good chance of beating Leeds. I would back Bristol City on home turf against Derby, who have been pretty poor, haven't they? They've been a, they've a bit lacklustre on the road, Derby County. So they'd better show him signs of improvement in that game. Otherwise, it could run away from them. Mm. I think for the neutral, maybe Derby, Leeds and West Brom Villa would be a, a cracking pair of uh, playoff semi-finals. In terms of the bottom of the table, Bolton's demotion confirmed it came after Friday's home defeat to Villa. And we don't have Joe Crilly with us, but season-long listeners might remember Joe's dad being wonderfully succinct on the plight of Wanderers. Here he is again. Relegation was finally confirmed on Friday against Villa and it could have been slightly worse because we could have lost against Blackburn on Monday our local rivals and then been relegated. Generally speaking the quality of football has been atrocious and the root and branch overall is needed. The new owner with a chequered pass to talk about a three year plan to get us back to the Premiership. We've heard things like this before. We would just like a team that we can be proud of no matter which league they are in. We only have seven players contracted for next season and of the rest not too many deserve to stay. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't blame any of them moving on at the moment because they've not been paid. One shining light, though, is the belated introduction of some of our academy players who have been carefully nurtured under the stewardship of David Lee and Jimmy Phillips. Luke Connor, 17 years old, has been impressive in midfield, and also Harry Brockbank and Joe Muscat have potential. If we can keep Connell, and although a number of Premier League clubs are interested, and introduce more talented youth players, the fans will certainly be more optimistic for next season. 
Now, minus points for use of the word premiership, but I wanted to have a little cry listening to that. It's, uh, it's a sad, sad situation with Bolton, uh, but not unsurprising. Phil Parkinson, the manager, said, from here on in, Bolton has got to start building back its credibility in the football world and improving it, its image. Sam, the, the way that he's phrased that makes me think that he might not be there to be part of it. Not saying we as a club have got to do this, but Bolton. Do, do you think he'll be in charge next season? I think it'll be difficult for him to continue given the circumstances that he's had to work under, um, transfer embargoes, obviously everything that's gone on in recent weeks. And I, you know, my take on it is just sometimes the the exterior stuff has to have an effect. And because it's been going on so long and because it's been impacting the wages, not only the players' wages, but people around the club, I just think the last few weeks has taken its toll on the players and the, the results certainly back that up. So... Listen, similarly with with Ipswich for next year, they're both big football clubs. People will still want to go and play for them in, in the lower tier. It's about getting a competitive squad together. There's going to be a new owner uh, at Bolton. So hopefully the supporters have got something to get behind and enjoy next season because it's been horrendous. They managed to achieve it last year, somehow the great escape, but I wouldn't be surprised if Phil Parkinson gets another good job in the Football League yeah it's been too draining I think if I was him I'd, I would leave uh, briefly on Rotherham 1 Birmingham 3 so Bolton and Ipswich gone looking like Rotherham favourites to join them three points from safety played a game more than Millwall immediately above them and as we say those those tough two to finish against Borough and the Baggies Birmingham secure their championship status in, in this game Adrian but, but for Rotherham is it too early to say the jig is up <sighs> it feels that way doesn't it yeah, they're just conceding way too many goals. They're, they're obviously a threat. They're a nightmare to play against when they lob the balls into the box, the long throws, the free kicks. King of the second ball, aren't they, Rotherham? But they can't keep them out at the other end of the pitch. So, so I think, I think well, they're, they're strong favourites now to go down. We'll hear posh odds shortly, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, but yeah, I, d- I don't fancy Rotherham to stay out. Credit Reading, who I did write off. I, I think I predicted they'd get four more points or three more points. They've easily gone past that. They, they, they've shown a bit of character under Gomez. So, so well done to them. And yeah, but no shame in Rotherham going down. I think they've done pretty well this year. And we ought to, Sam, give a quick uh, nod to Wigan for the oh. great results that they've had over Easter, which have secured them championship football for next season. Oh, tremendous. The, the character to, to go to Ellen Road and get that result and then back it up again against Preston. So, yeah, I mean, they've got a eight-point cushion now from Rotherham and uh, I think you're being a bit kind there. There's a 15-goal swing they need to make up on Mill and three points. So, yeah, it's not going to happen. Let's get some posh odds then. Uh, Producer Abby, in terms of the, the outrights, who's who's going up according to William Hill? Well, obviously Norwich are still favourites. They are 2-7, to seven, but Sheffield United, it is possible for them to win the whole championship. They are 5-2 to two if you fancy your chances there. And in terms of promotion from elsewhere, Leeds dropping, Villa rising? Sheffield United, 1-33 to to be promoted. Norwich, you're not even allowed to bet on them. They're already up there, according to William Hill. Leeds, 7-4 and Villa, 15-8 to to be promoted. They've still got Swansea on here as an outsider. 100-1 to if you really, really wanted that. And what if you really, really fancied Rotherham to win their last two and, and others not to? What would you give me on them staying up? I would give you relegation odds of 1-100 to for Rotherham and Millwall, 20-1. to All right, well, if you thought all that championship stuff was complicated, just you wait till we get to League One. Make this an every Saturday super with the Super Saturday Reloaded coupon from William Hill, available in all William Hill branches across the UK. 
With more prizes on offer than ever before, your new Super Saturday competitions offer you the chance to win a share of £1 million and some additional extra goodies specific to your region. All you have to do is select the number of goals, corners and cards across three selected football matches. Super Saturday football and racing competitions are free to enter when you bet £10 at your local William Hill. T's and C's apply. You can find out more at williamhill.com. And remember, when the fun stops, stop. Oh, it's tight in League One. It's tight at the top. It's tight at the bottom. It's so very tight. Luton still lead the way. Four points clear of third place with three to play. Barnsley, though, have negotiated their wobble and are now three wins on the bounce. We bid farewell to Bradford City since we last spoke, but it's still a mystery as to which other three will join them. So the pressure was on Barnsley and Sunderland after Portsmouth beat Coventry 2-1 in the early kickoff. This on Monday after they nicked a win at Burton on Friday. Uh, seven league wins on the spin either side of Wembley for Pompey. That's promotion winning form, isn't it? And these late goals are, are always a good sign. They are, yeah, and, and Kenny Jackett had not messed around really the last couple of games. He's made changes early and, and again at, at the weekend, Hawkins coming off and, and Vaughan coming on for a bit of a rare appearance. But, um, I mean, Coventry are a really good side and the goalkeeper has made a few high-profile mistakes, Lee Birch, and, and again at the, at the weekend. And um, it's Thomas, isn't it, who had a couple of chances for, for Coventry. If he... He's a really good player in his approach and you know complements the other attacking players Coventry got really well, but he just cannot um, stick it away when he gets in front of goal. So they're a little bit fortuitous, Portsmouth, in both the games. I watched Burton Portsmouth at the weekend and they certainly didn't deserve maximum points in that, but grinding them out and I love Brett Pittman's finish. That was probably my favourite of the weekend. The net actually weirdly lifted up when it went in and the ball just spun behind the line. It was... Um, Incredible finish from him. Kenny Jackett, possibly not the sexiest name in the EFL, certainly the cosiest. Is is he deserving of a bit more praise than we've been giving him? Or is it kind of assumed that, oh, well, he should do well with Portsmouth? I think we've given him plenty of praise throughout the season. He, he is he's a bit old school and they've not always been the best side to watch this season. But what they've got is, is real talent and depth in forward areas, haven't they, Portsmouth? And I think he deserves credit for mixing and matching throughout the campaign. He's identified when certain talisman have gone off the boil and then he's brought in others at the right time. So, no, they're finishing the season brilliantly, aren't they? And with that game in hand, they've got, They've got a squeak at it, haven't they? And it, it, it does feel as if it might come down to that Pompey, Pompey Sunderland clash. That's going to be an absolute belter. But the, yeah, Ben Close has done great. Obviously, filling the void of, of Thompson with the goals from midfield. Nathan Thompson, the right back's been great, hasn't he lately? And I thought his block on the goal line against Coventry was was really good. So no Pompey, given the fact that they beat Sunderland in that final, they will believe, I think, that they're they're capable of going up. Yeah, Pompey two points behind Barnsley with an inferior goal difference, but with that game in hand and a gigantically important trip to Sunderland on Saturday. So it's in their hands. Speaking of Sunderland, they scored late and then let in a late equaliser against Peterborough. Uh, so not only do they need max power, but they need max power across the pitch to have a chance of promotion. Mm. Jack Ross, so <laughs> there was a grumble at that. I'm going to say that producer Abby wrote that line. I thought it was quite funny, but you know, if, if, if it's not hit, then it wasn't mine. Uh, Jack Ross, it's gut-wrenching to get the goal so late in the game from that position. We need to be able to see the game out, and we haven't done so. And and seeing games out yeah. has been a problem for them of late. It has, yeah, and getting getting that second goal, the all-crucial second goal. So they'll be bitterly disappointed, Jack Ross 
some massive decisions over the weekend, changed his two centre-halves. It wasn't seamless, I would say, against Doncaster, but I think not taking chances and getting it into the big centre-forward, Charlie White, who's been at the top of his game for the last five performances. And having got that goal yesterday, they'll be really disappointed. But I think they've found a way now. They're going to play with just the one-up Sunderland and they look better balanced with McGeady, Honeyman, Morgan, in and around the big man who is recycling the ball for the team. So, yeah, all eyes on that game against Portsmouth. It should be unbelievable. But it's a three-way dance, as we say, in the world of professional wrestling because of Barnsley and their 3-0 win over Plymouth, which took them back to second place, albeit having played a game more than the teams around them. All the goals in the first half hour here. Impressive response from Barnsley. We thought they were they were wobbling after one win in five, but now it's three wins on the spin. They've scored 10 goals in that time and, and maybe those injuries won't be season-defining for them in the negative way that we thought. Maybe not. No, Woodrow scored a good goal, didn't he, in this one? Uh, he did run in behind. We've been quick. Critical of him for, for not stretching teams in previous shows, but, but going behind, finish well. Mo, it's been superb, hasn't he? I mean, this was another great goal, free kick. I think the game before, he got one from outside the box. I don't know how many goals he got from outside the area this season. Mo, it's... But, but no, look, it's, it's going to be incredibly harsh. One of these teams is going to miss out. Maybe two of them. Barnsley, Portsmouth, Sunderland. Quality. Um, but, but only one of them is going to get automatic promotion. And I wouldn't back against Charlton. You know, coming through in the, in the playoffs. So, but but Plymouth on the on the flip side there, you've got to worry, haven't you? It's strange. Well, it's eight defeats, no yeah. wins in seven. They've they've been really. They've had these mad periods yeah. of form all throughout it was the, the season. Same last year, wasn't it, with Derek Adams? A bad start, came strong, and then fell away again to miss out in the playoffs. And and this year, that the fall away is is putting them right in danger again. But that's a, that's a horrible fixture for them at this time of the year and it, it looks like it was a horrible first half performance as well from, from the Pilgrims. Yeah, so they're a point above the relegation zone. Meanwhile, Scunthorpe occupy the final place in it after getting walloped 4-0 at Charlton on Monday. Your mate Johnny Jackson, Sam and Lee Bowyer are hoping to tie up their future soon in terms of new contracts. As for Scunny, they were they were two points above the bottom four when they ditched Stuart McCall. They haven't won since, haven't so much as scored in their last three. Easy to say with hindsight, but did they change the manager too hastily again yeah quite possibly I think we you know worried about them and South End the teams that change managers very late in the season not sure that was a true reflection of the game yesterday uh, didn't look like a 4-0 looked like Scunthorpe had uh, more than a couple of opportunities uh, but four different scorers for, for Charlton Lyle Taylor's in sensational form Cullen I think is consistently probably the best holding midfielder, deep line playmaking midfielder in a division. So there's no shame in that, but the games are running out for Scunthorpe and yeah, you'd have to be concerned about them maintaining their, their League One status. Adrian alluded to their chart going to be tough to stop in the playoffs given their form. Yeah, they are. And they, they got that defeat at Oxford out of their system well and truly yesterday. Um, I think they're better... Uh, with a front two uh, and Veto Kelly came back in yesterday and got himself a goal as well and uh, you know I've just spoken about Cullen but the variety they have in midfield I think they're a pretty complete side Charlton maybe a little bit of a Achilles heel has been their fullback fullbacks this season but you know other than that they're pretty strong they're going into the playoffs really confident full of goals and if they meet Portsmouth Portsmouth will be quite fearful of that because Charlton led them a bit of a merry dance at the Valley a few weeks ago 
So plenty of goals in that game, none of them for Scunthorpe though. Elsewhere at the bottom, Southend banging them in. They beat Burton by three goals to two, having not scored at home since February. A first home win for Kevin Bond. Any chance of him getting the job permanently? It seems strange to have appointed him to the end of the season. Possibly. I don't know. There's, there's obviously a relationship there with the owner, maybe Harry Redknapp's involved as well. It was certainly at the game at Walsall on Good Friday. I watched that one and... They were really unfortunate, oh, a couple of decisions. Disgraceful decision. Yeah, the decision, um, I watched it live when the goalkeeper dropped it on the stroke of half-time and he actually spilt it, the South End player put it in the net, but the referee had obviously assumed that the keeper was going to take it cleanly and blew up. They, they were really unfortunate, a really dodgy penalty as well, but I think what I noticed is he's played a back three, he's had four centre-halves in the, in the side. Rob Kiernan's played in midfield, who he likes, uh, got a bit more quality on the ball, and they've taken points from every fixture. When he changed it and played a 4-4-2, that's when they lost at home to Wickham. So he's got a formula there, and he's got five points from those three games. So that was enormous against Burton, who, by the way, good side, mm. Burton. I think we need to keep an eye on them next year. Certainly, the front players, Harness, Aikens and Boyce, not only caused South End problems, but... Portsmouth, a lot of problems on Friday. Yeah, I think Lucas Aiken's one of the players of the season in League One because he's played a lot of this campaign at right back and been brilliant. And then he's gone up top and been brilliant. So so we should should uh, doth our cap to, to him. For Southend, Bond needed that. He really needed it. because He's changed the system, to, like you say, to the three at the back. And he need and it was a really limp defeat, wasn't it, to Wickham in the in the previous home game. They had to show more, and and by all accounts, that the passion, the work rate, the crowd were with the players, it was, and he got his subs right. The two wing backs were flying. Uh, Elvis uh, Bromono and Sam Hart were excellent in this game. Simon Cox phenomenal. He's been the player of the season. They got two hard games to finish at Southend United, so so they absolutely needed it but they're not out of the woods. Walsall slipped to a damaging defeat. Shrewsbury still not safe after losing to Oxford, for whom Gavin White took the match ball. On the 9th of March, that was the last time that Oxford lost. They were in the relegation zone. They're now 11th in the table. 20 points going from 21st to 11. Uh, Walsall have dropped from 16th to 23rd in that time, gaining just one point. Shows as well how good Brian Barry Murphy's been for Rochdale. They're up to 14th, this crazy League One uh, fight for survival. But Carl Robinson was under a bit of pressure a few months ago. He's, he's looking like a manager of the season contender all of a sudden. The upturn has been incredible. And I think enormous credit to him yesterday going down to 10 men. Cashy, who's done some peculiar things in the last few weeks. He's never been sent off in his career and that's a, a couple now. He's been booked for wild celebrations so didn't do his manager any favours but it looked like he kept two up the pitch pretty much, Carl uh, Robinson and, and Shrewsbury allowing Oxford to have the ball and they've got players who can keep the ball but can hurt you as well so very strange that Sam Ricketts opted to remain with three centre-halves and one up top as well when you're playing against ten men. You'd think that you'd you'd go for the game a little bit more, considering their predicament. So now full credit to to Carl Robinson for turning things around and um, what a hat trick as well from a player who could be very important. Had his bedding in time in English football, he could be fantastic for them moving forward.
Bear in mind we're recording before Wimbledon's game against Luton and Accrington's trip to Doncaster tonight. Here's how it stands at the bottom. Bradford gone above them and second bottom. Walsall on 43 points. Wimbledon on 45 and Scunny on 46. There's then just four points separating 13th place Rochdale from Plymouth, a point above the drop zone. So we better start odds-wise, Abby, with the relegation market. William Hill probably got a number of candidates for this. What's it looking like in terms of the the favourites? Actually, it has uh, diminished quite a lot since uh, I last looked at it. Obviously, Bradford are out. It's then Walsall who are the next favourites to be relegated. They're one to twenty-five. Then it's Wimbledon, eight to thirteen. I still really want Wimbledon to survive. Scunthorpe are four to six. Then we're getting back to those who are not in the relegation zone. So South End five to four, Plymouth seven to four, and Accrington still there four to one. And at the top, how about odds for promotion? Okay, so for promotion, Luton aren't yet safe or safely through to the championship. They're at one to one hundred and fifty. Barnsley are four to eleven. Portsmouth eight to eleven, and Sunderland five to four. With Charlton fifth favourites at seven to two. Right, that's League One done. More mathematics and football to come as we try and make sense of the numbers in League Two. I'm Graham Wilcos, here to tell you that the Bradley Wiggins show from Eurosport is back for a brand new series. For 20 years I've just been called a hero and a legend, you know, and other things obviously, but only behind the back. (laughs) We'll bring you stage-by-stage analysis of the Giro d'Italia, the World Championships, La Vuelta, and of course, the Tour de France. Each week, Sir Brad and our panel of cycling experts will be taking a deep dive into the world of two wheels and lycra. Brailsford could put his hand down a toilet and pull chocolate out. The Bradley Wiggins Show from Eurosport is your essential guide to the greatest events in cycling. Subscribe now on Audio Boom, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else you get your audio on demand. Only right that we start with the champions. Lincoln confirmed as the top team in League Two following their goalless draw with Tranmere. Just the best team in the league. You, you, you always say that at the end of the season, the league table doesn't lie. But when a team wraps it up with, with something to spare and as impressive as they've been, it, it, there's no argument. No, they deserve it. No, they've been superb, haven't they? From right from the get go, really, in League Two. So no full credit to to Danny Cowley and the, and the management team. I interviewed him actually the day after they gained promotion, and he said to me on air that he thought it would be more exciting. He he, he didn't feel fulfilled. He's just so driven, this guy. It was like it's all about winning the title. Like going up, it's good, but I need the title. And they finally got it, obviously, with it with a goalless draw against Tranmere Rovers. And I just hope that he can enjoy it now. So I'm sure the the players will and and the supporters who, who absolutely love him. I think I think they'll be fine moving forwards. It's how far can they go? I asked him, can you go to the championship? Burton have done it. Teams like Southend have got to the championship in recent seasons. Yeovil as well. And he was very keen to just point out, how, well, I think that we should temper our expectations on that score. We're just pleased to be in League One. Sam, in terms of the ceiling for Lincoln City, Danny Cowley says that they're just pleased to be in League One. How much is their potential tied to him staying there? Oh, I think that's vitally important, just considering what he, he's built. Um, people will be looking now, won't they? they? They will be, but I've always said him and Nicky, isn't it, seem to have their career completely mapped out because they had, would have had the opportunity to move already. There was Ipswich rumours, wasn't there, last year, but that probably wouldn't have been the, the, the best fit, I don't think, at the time. But yeah, they they will move on. But I think 
everything about Lincoln. It's a well-supported club. There's there's new stadium, I think, on the horizon, not for, for a few years yet, but they have the potential certainly to be competitive straight away in League One and with some clever additions, which no doubt there will be a, a whiteboard up in the manager's office with some targets already highlighted because that's the way they work. The planning will be so thorough. I've got no doubt in my mind that they'll be competitive again next year. So I think let's hold on. I think another year certainly for the Cowleys at, at Lincoln and maybe even beyond. Earlier in the season, we spoke with Gary Hutchinson from the Stacey West and Football League world about Lincoln's good start. Here he is again, celebrating silverware and what it means to him as a fan. Absolutely elated. It's been 43 years in the making, which is uh, which, which predates my time on earth. So it's the first time I've seen this win a Football League title. And I think it's a culmination of, of an awful lot of hard work and expectation. I think after making the playoffs last year and, and winning the EFL trophy as well, I think there was a feeling that we, we really needed to get promotion this year. I can't speak highly enough of the Cowley brothers. They've, they've revolutionised the club. Their relentless hard work is just phenomenal. I know that, that last night after winning the title, Nicky was going to go home, make his wife a, a, a G&T, and then he was going to sit back and start watching videos of Newport for the weekend because there's no letting off. There's no taking a foot off the gas with two games to go. And that typifies the reason that we've been so successful. Their recruitment has been superb. I think they've been recruiting for League One since January. When you look at the likes of Kean Bolger, Mark O'Hara, who hopefully will sign permanently, I don't think that we're going to be in the bottom four. I'm usually quite bold with my predictions, and I'm certainly not going to say top six. I think if we were to finish somewhere between 11th and 14th, I think there would be a generation of Lincoln City fans who who would see that as our highest finish. We've never finished. We haven't finished in that position since 1985, I believe, and, and that would be a real achievement. Danny Cowley, by the way, saying the players have been brilliant since day dot. We've had no whingers, no moaners, there's no ego, it's the team first. When you have a like-minded group, you can achieve wonderful things. Looking to achieve wonderful things by joining them in League One when Mansfield Town Bury go up to second after beating Northampton, but that MK v Mansfield battle, oh boy. Uh, Oldham three, Mansfield two. Firstly, give Pete Wilde the Oldham job already. Uh, Sam, you've got a lot to say about Oldham and, and how they're doing and how they won this match. Yeah, I think firstly, Mansfield should have had a point because there's a terrible offside decision on um, Rose, who's been out injured, came in and gets them a a brilliantly taken equaliser and he's level and um, cue Bedlam, but the offside flag's up. So they're unfortunate, should have had a point, but... David Flickcroft saying the linesman wasn't fit enough. Wasn't fit enough, yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. But it was interesting on the TV, Stephen Warnock was adamant that that it was the correct decision. I I was wondering what, what he was looking at because... The, the view that we saw yeah. it clearly looked level no it looked on side and it was obviously a really open affair because Mansfield had to go for it and it looks like it's all going to boil down to that that game against MK Don so with them dropping points Mansfield bit open yeah Oldham under Pete Wilde they're, they're pretty direct they get it forward they've got O'Grady who, who wins his, his headers and um, Moosh was sensational yesterday. He's playing as an advanced midfielder. They've got two little shields there, but the two centre-halves do not take any chances. They get it forward and they put people under pressure, Oldham. There were some fantastic goals within that yesterday and credit Pete Wilde for what must be, I would say, the hardest job in the EFL at the moment. So to be getting results is no mean feat. I think that's a really tough gig. But but maybe we shouldn't be that surprised. I mean, if Duran Duran taught us anything, it's that wild boys never lose it. Wild boys never lose it. Wild 
so they were always going to hang on for the points uh, here. So Mansfield level on points with MK, but with a superior goal difference. Only three wins from nine, not exactly automatic promotion form. Uh, But they got a little bit lucky. They've got Stevenage at home, then they've got this massive match away to MK Dons and Adrian. MK Dons could only manage a draw at home to Port Vale and they missed a penalty in this game or had one saved, uh, you might say. This is a real case of two points drop for them. Oh, massively, yeah. They've put themselves on the back foot, haven't they? MK Dons here, yeah. Miss pen. When you miss a pen in a game of that magnitude, it's, it's going to play on your mind a little bit. An EK in a 1v1 should really have dispatched uh, the winner as well. It's a, it is a bad result. It, in this division, the big boys, have, they're all they're all floundering, aren't they? I mean, I mean, you look at the form table, they're all strictly mid-table. Across the last eight games, Milton Keynes are 13th. You know, Mansfield, 8th. Lincoln, 7th. None, none of the main protagonists, apart from Forest Green, are in any kind of form going into the, the playoffs, which bodes well for Forest Green, by the way, who are sort of grinding out victories. But yeah, no, it'll come down to this MK-Mansfield clash and I fancy Mansfield. I, I just think that they've got got the firepower to hurt MK in this game who will be under a lot of pressure Office outing to Stadium MK for the big one that's a, an unlikely <laughs> sentence to uh, to write and to say right there so Clarkie thinks Mansfield Sam who are you picking out the two and, and how big is that game going to be for, for the players goodness me I hate doing predictions because we do it every week yeah. but I've said, yeah, I've but said I always go over the, I always do it and half of them are wrong I've just, said, we just don't revisit I've said Lincoln Berry MK Dons stop asking me <laughs> <laughs> have you ever played in a game like that where it's effectively a playoff final in a, in a league game I mean it's a very very unique situation no. they look likely to be in the, the clo- no the closest I can think was kind of 6th um, and 7th or 5th and 6th where you need something to get in the playoffs and the, the, the other team needed something similar so there wasn't the pressure it was kind of oh are they going to attack are we just going to play it around in the middle third and nobody's going to go and press? So that was a bit of a, a weird end into a season, but this is just looks like it's going to be winner takes all. And even though I've fancied MK all along to cement uh, an automatic position, I am worried about their, their form. And EK seems to be a substitute now. And I understand it because Agard and David Wheeler, I think they work really hard and they tire out the opposition and Anike has shown what he can do off the bench recently and also maybe David's very tactically diligent as well and maybe you lose that uh, Anike playing from the start so it's going to be interesting to see who gets the nod moving forward I think Heskiff's a a big player for MK Dons but no I echo Adrian's sentiment there's probably a little bit more attacking prowess at Mansfield in terms of the form they're currently in so it's going to be mouth-watering so one of those two will be in the playoffs, as will Forest Green. A 2-1 win for them on Monday. Cards on the table time. I, I love Forest Green Rovers. I mean, who doesn't? Let's look at the evidence. Cool kit, environmentally conscious, Christian Deutsch, Forest in their name. What's not to love? And, and have they got a chance of going up in the playoffs? It would be outrageous if they did give them where they were last season. Yeah, you really. Yeah, I'd forgotten how, how close they, they came to dropping out, out of the league. So no, they're the, the form team over the last six games, over the last eight games, hardly conceding any goals. Not always the prettiest uh, of football. I know earlier on in the campaign they were playing some, some good stuff, but it seems like they're sort of scoring a lot of scrappy goals at the moment. That's, I think that's what, what Doidge, his return, has, has really helped them. He's a, just a natural, isn't he, inside, inside the box? <sighs> 
I don't think they'll go up because because the side that misses out on the top three uh, are a bit ahead of them, I would suggest, but you, you never know. Uh, and that would be a great story because I played against Forest Green many times in the in the National League. Hardly anyone there half the time. It's in a little old village, isn't it? So so what an achievement that they're in this position. We've been giving out manager props, Sam. Do you want to do some to, to Mark Cooper, going from relegation contenders to, to promotion battlers? Yeah, incredible achievement, given it's their, their second season in the league. Yeah, they've got money there. They might, yeah. They've got a fair bit of Yeah, money. they have. They, they paid big wages in the, in the National League. What I've found interesting is they've had Collins playing in central midfield. He's a central defender by trade. He was missing yesterday, and Gavin Gunning played uh, as a deep-line midfielder. And they normally play under Mark Cooper has been like a three-five-two, so it's been a change of system as well. But they've got two of the most creative and, and devastating players in the division at the moment in Brown, the midfielder, and Christian Doidge, who's, who's back amongst the goals. And yeah, I, I think they've got the experience of playoff campaigns again, and not only that, but against Tranmere. So if it's to be those two in the playoffs, that is going to be fantastic. And there's a bit of needle between the two as well because. I cast an eye over their game last week and it wasn't too pleasant. <laughs> so those two guaranteed their playoff places. In terms of the final spot, Exeter currently occupied, but there's a whole bunch of teams still hoping, uh, realistically, all the way down to, to Newport in 11th. In terms of the battle to stay in the EFL, not bottom on goal difference behind Yeovil, that after the Magpies lost to MK and then drew at Crawley. Yeovil also on 38 points, having failed to win in nine. Macclesfield, two points above the perforated line. Macclesfield getting getting closer aren't they because the yeah. other two just don't look like they're going to win games no no it's, it's really hard to call isn't it uh, just looking at the fixtures for the weekend Macclesfield at, at Port Vale uh, Yeovil at Northampton I don't think Northampton is a fixture you want even though they're even though they've got nothing to play for Northampton they're really big strong side I could see them overpowering Yeovil I think if I was to pick one that I think is almost certain to go, it would be actually the Glovers, and then it'd be one of Notts County and Macclesfield. I think Souls Boys might do it. You know, they 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 keep just about getting the right result, don't they? It'd be quite ironic as well, wouldn't it, if he played a part in Notts County going down, having had such a glorious playing career there. Uh, in terms of the odds, Abby, let's go with promotion. Who's going to get promoted from League Two along with Lincoln City, according to our good friends at William Hill? Well, there's actually quite a few teams left in this. You've gone all the way down to Newport. William Hill are going all the way down to Oldham is still having a chance of promotion. But if we go with the favourites, it's Bury 1-10, to Mansfield 2-7, to MK Dons 1-2. to Forest Green, your new favourite, is 2-1. to And if you fancied Tranmere, 5-2. to OK, let's have a look ahead to some of the games this weekend. We've touched on it, but we've got to go a bit more in depth on, on Bristol City derby. Um, Sam, is this potentially one of those games that favours the away side because the Bristol City supporters will want their team to come out on the front foot right from the off? Possibly that could play into derby's hands? Yeah, 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 I think so. I think that's a, a fair shout. And they can get, you know, restless, but there's going to be a nervousness about this game anyway. But your derby got a little bit out of jail yesterday and there's been some limp performances away from home. Blackburn recently springs to mind as you know, Adrian highlighted earlier. So it's incredibly difficult to call. I, I presume it's who deals with the, the situation the best. It'd be interesting to see from a, a derby perspective who gets the nod up top. Marriott came on for a really subdued waghorn and he, he fired one just wide of the top corner, made the goal for Harry Wilson and it 
just looked like they were lacking something going forward. So there's some decisions for Frank Lampard to make ahead of that one. Sunderland-Portsmouth, obviously the standout game in League One, Clarky. I mean, we spoke after the, the EFL trophy. Oh, well, if Sunderland go up, they won't mind losing that. But if they lose this game, lose out on automatic promotion to Portsmouth, they certainly will. You'd expect Pompey to take a, a good number of their fantastic support. Might even be a record crowd for League One. Is this the kind of game where the pressure tends to get to Sunderland historically and maybe maybe Portsmouth can pounce Maybe, on? yeah. I mean, Sunderland have got over their home phobia. I think that we, we should remind everybody of that um, th- this group of players enjoy the the atmosphere at the Stadium of Light it's just can they can they A breach the Portsmouth defence enough times I think that Portsmouth has certainly got the the better rear guard of the two teams I'm really not having Ozturk I don't, I don't know why he's back in the team at the moment I, th- I just look at the Pompey forward line and I look at the Sunderland centre halves and I, I can see Kenny Jackett's side scoring one, two, maybe even three goals in this game. I think they'll definitely score. So, no, it's going to be fascinating. But I lean towards Pompey, even though they're away. We mentioned in League Two, Michaels were going to Port Vale. Notts Grimsby looks to me, Sam, like a great opportunity for Notts to get three points against a team who aren't going up and aren't going down at home. Again, there'll be a big crowd at Meadow Lane for that. There's no other result but a win in this game for them if they want to stay up, is there? Yeah, and and you look at the three results yesterday, three draws, but Notts County down to 10 men. Ben Barkley rightly sent off. They put a good shift in there. And hearing Neil Ardley afterwards, he's quite positive, given the predicament they're in, but a positive draw. Good-looking fixture for them. He got two up front yesterday, the old-timers, Mikel Smith and, and Stead. Be interesting to see who he goes with. I think Hemmings will be back in the reckoning as well. So got experience of probably similar situations to choose from. And they go to Swindon last day of the season, Notts County. And Richie Wellens has absolutely read the right act, told them that there's going to be a mass clear-out. You think you're good players, you're not good players. Three players going to be offered new contracts. You just don't know what Swindon are going to turn up for that one. I've just got John sitting in my head now after that. You know, the he's, left back. You come to me, you've got two weeks' notice. Do you know what? Go and listen to it because he's good value, Wellens. I, I like everything he said. I'm not sure I'd have enjoyed it if I was in the dressing room, but as a... Uh, uh, a former footballer, he's entertaining. I've heard, I've heard that, that that speech from a few managers down the years towards the end end of a season. You're right, you don't know how the players are going to react. And a lot of these guys at Swindon will feel, well, this is, I'm, I'm not going to be here. And that's an awkward situation. You want to play for yourself and impress, but but it's, what it, it's a strange, strange scenario. What it is, is managers, he, he says it, you've got to sugarcoat it while you've still got an opportunity of the playoffs or while there's still obvious motivational things on offer. Now, just unleashed. So and that's think, happened quite yeah, a few times. So really, Keith Curl recently as well. Yeah. So Notts County could get six six points and then, you know, by, by your reckoning. <laughs> I don't know if they can get six points. <laughs> I, I think, I, I, I don't know, I just, I'd quite like Macclesfield to do it just because of the situation at the early part of the season, having lost a manager, caretaker manager, nobody giving them a chance. Sol Campbell coming in and being ridiculed to a, to a certain degree. And I think they've been the ones that have looked the most like getting out of it So and put in some decent displays. But they rode their luck a little bit by all accounts against Newport. But um, yeah, I, I, I've got a feeling that they could do it looking at the games. 
It'll be fascinating. Another big weekend coming up. Sam, Adrian, the maddest of props to you both. We're nearly there, folks. The finish line within sight. We'll be back next week to look back on the latest ups, downs, and staying just where they are. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Totally Football League Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com and be sure to check out our other football shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audio Boom, and everywhere else you get your audio on demand. Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts, and the downright disastrous defeats. That's a little bit like life, really. And here at the Totally Football Show, we believe we should all support each other the way we support our team, through the good days and the bad. And that's why we're continuing to work with Calm, the campaign against living miserably, a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide. On average, 12 men take their own life every day in the UK. So that's your starting 11 and your manager every single day. And part of the problem is that many of us still feel uncomfortable talking about mental health and suicide, and this can often stop men from opening up and getting support when they need it the most. So if you're worried that someone close to you is having a tough time, check in with them and let them know that Calm is there. Every day from 5pm till midnight, Calm provide a free, confidential and anonymous helpline and web chat for any man who needs support. Visit thecalmzone.net to find out more about Calm.